Joining us right now on Texans Radio, it's Texans General Manager Nick Casario. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate it. So the trade deadline come and gone, and I know a lot of activity leading up to it, probably a lot of conversations. The things we don't see, that's got to be really interesting. I know you can't get into that, but you did make some moves in the last week. Yeah, we did, and it's a good point that you brought up. There was actually some trades that almost came to fruition kind of within the last 60 minutes. Mm -hmm. So we were having discussions with a team, and we had kind of agreed this isn't specific to Deshaun's situation, right. but this was another situation that came up. We were discussing a player, and we had parameters in place, and we sort of had agreed on the trade, and they came back and said, oh, actually, we've had a change in personnel. The player's injured, so we're going to keep the player. Okay, no problem. So, again, yeah. like those are some of the things, to your point, Mark, that happen. Uh, so, we again, we probably talked to – the majority of the league, not every team, but pretty close, just mm -hmm. about different players and their availability and who may may or may not be available. Um, we executed a few trades over the past few weeks with the Ingram trade and the amount who trade here yesterday. So that's kind of where we are here for today. So I think there's sometimes a lot of bluster around the trade deadline. Um, <laughs> right. Everybody, and not as much as the draft, John's favorite, but yeah. there's a, a lot of discussion about it. And in the end, there was, I want to say, four or five transactions that took place yesterday. Nick, you brought up something in your press conference that I thought was interesting. You said – that you and your personnel staff, some somebody tries to make contact with everybody throughout the league just to have a, a conversation. And I thought it was interesting. Can you expand upon that about what just knowledge you're looking for, just information you're trying to take in, and the fact that you do talk to every single team in the league? Yeah, it's a great question. When you're evaluating a team, so when you're watching a team, you're obviously creating a inventory of players and strengths, weaknesses, and in the back of your mind, well, is this player available? I wonder if he's available. So what we try to do is just and, – and we'll communicate with anybody. This isn't, well, specific to the NFC. Like, we'll talk to every team. Mm -hmm. I've actually had a couple conversations with Trent Balke down in Jacksonville at different points as well. I think sometimes there's always that belief, well, you'll never do anything inside the division right. and that whole – like, we're pretty open-minded. We're pretty flexible. And if there's something that we can do that we feel can help our team, regardless of who the opposition is, then, then we'll pursue. So – a lot of it is information gathering and you're just trying to put something in place and you might trigger something and say, hey, you know what, this player might be available or they just acquired this player or they just added this player through waivers. Maybe this player is available. This player is an expiring contract. Maybe it's something they're trying to move on from now. Is it somebody that can help your team? So a lot of it is just accumulating information and making a decision. All right, if there's somebody or something that yep. we can do relative to your team that might be able to help in some capacity. Well, you mentioned with Deshaun, no deal, and you go day-to-day -day with this. So moving on into the rest of the season, you mentioned every week you're just going to approach it, best chance to win, do whatever it takes to get that win. It's almost like every week's a bowl game for you because no matter what the record is, you're trying to get that done, and no matter who's on the roster. That's the truth, Mark. That's the way the NFL is designed. I'd say the, the unique thing about the NFL, you have this year 17 opportunities. So you have one opportunity 17 weeks or 18 weeks to go out there and perform to the best of your ability. This isn't like other sports where there's a more a volume of game. Like if you win two out of three series in baseball, you're going to be thrilled. I mean, mm -hmm. you're going to be happy about how that how that went. Basketball plays 82 games or however many games. We have 17 chances to go out there each week. So it just magnifies the importance of doing everything you can possibly that week to prepare and regardless of the circumstance or what happened the previous week, you can't spend too much time on it, good or bad, because in a lot of respects, it's not going to have a lot of bearing on what happens that following week. How difficult, Nick, is it to take your personal emotion out of any particular deal or move or anything that you make? And I think about Mark Ingram, because you talked about it at the, at the podium, 
about how tough that was because of what he meant to the team. But it was the Saints that called. And so your emotion probably says, man, I really want him to be a Texan. But, man, the Saints, how difficult is it to take emotion out of the whole deal? It's, it's a great point. I think you have to take emotion out of a lot of decision-making. You have to be very rational. You have to be very thoughtful. You have to be very pragmatic and just go through your decision-making pro- uh, process and arrive at an endpoint, whatever that is. So in Mark's situation, I think the, the great thing about that, we were very honest with him yeah. about the circumstance. David had reached out to him kind of the night before. They had a conversation. We met the following day, and we just talked face-to-face. And we've talked about this at different points throughout the year. Football, it's played on the field, but it's still a people business. So the best thing you can do is just be honest and be very forthright and communicate transparently and provide the information where you see fit. And Mark's an unbelievable human being. He's been a great player for a long time. He's been a great player for their franchise, for the Saints for a long time. In the end, would we have rather had Mark continue with us? I mean, probably. But the way it worked out, I think it was the right thing for everybody involved. You were asked about Davis during your press conference, and how difficult is it to evaluate what he can and can't do when you are struggling running the football and some of the other issues on offense, you have injuries on the O-line and that sort of thing? Yeah, you have to just look at the individual player and his performance and some mm-hmm. of the things maybe that he can control, some of the skills that are specific to the quarterback position. So the quarterback, the, every player on the field depends on another person around them. So the offensive line can't do no, – they're dependent on the guy next to them. So the guard and center, they need each other in the double teams. The quarterback – you have to make sure the tight end does the right thing and a receiver can't do his job unless, you know, you know, everybody has to do their job and everybody has a responsibility. So you focus on your individual skill. What have you done? Did you do the right thing on the play? Did you make the right decision? And we were able to execute it from a physical standpoint. And there's examples of, I would say, specifically him doing that. And there are other examples where, quite frankly, that hadn't been the case. You know, the interception is a play that he would probably want to have back. I mean, it wasn't sound football, it wasn't a good decision, and that's something hopefully if you get in a situation like that, the next time you make the right decision. Nate, the mechanics of moving Charles to the 49ers, what does that mean for you guys? What does that mean for him going forward? Yeah, it's it'll be a good opportunity for him. You know, he's a player that had some front flex six to kind of three. Um, you know, we've been playing a number of different players at that position, so it's just going to present more opportunities for some other players. Um, you know, Charles is going to a good system, a good defense. Um, I think his what he does will fit them, you know, fairly well. And they were interested. I would say there was actually some other interest in him, you know, from some other teams as well. So, you know, that's going to your question earlier, Mark. You just kind of sort through everything and just try to take the information and ultimately make the decision that you feel makes the most sense. When you see players around the league, you evaluate everybody who's draftable. So you have whatever grade you have. So how do you track what they do through their career with another team so you can see if you got it right or not? Were we right on this guy or wrong, even though you didn't pick him? No, it's a great question. So I would say even actually something we're doing here this year. So we have a uh, rookie production chart that we, um, you know, our people in our technology department put together so you can kind of see, all right, who's playing, who's doing what, what's their level of performance, and then look at the second year. So if go from their rookie year to their second year, how are they playing, how are they performing? And then you go back and you can always look at the players that were on your team and your program, kind of evaluate their performance and just see, okay, maybe it was a system fit. Maybe this was better. This player performed better. Or maybe this player hadn't done as well. What's the reason why? Or So there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, actually, just looking at the rookie production chart this morning, kind of going through it. I mean, I think Roy has, like, the second most play time of any defensive tackle in the league. Um, so, you know, he's gone in there and kind of held his own. 
Um, Garrett's got like 65-ish percent play time in a kicking game, so most linebackers, a fair amount of linebackers, in this 65 to 70 percent special teams play time. Um, you know, Davis, we've talked about him a little bit. I mean, I think he's like second in MAC, the completion percentage, and you know, some of the other numbers or metrics are comparable relative to the rest of the quarterbacks. And you know, Nico's probably his production has been affected by just his availability. So, but it's something that's important because it's a great point, Mark. So you evaluate, you put all this time into we grade the player, they get drafted, okay, they're on the other team, okay, how are they doing? And if you just wait until the next time you play that team might be three or four years so right. if you want to be able to kind of track your performance as a, as a staff okay we had this player here here's what we thought okay here's what it looks like all right well maybe we missed this let's go back and evaluate us so it's a constant evaluation of not only the player but maybe some of the things that we're doing and if we can find a way to enhance that then we'll look at that and Nick, along those lines those guys that you mentioned you mentioned garrett davis nico those guys have all been on the field for I don't know, seven eight weeks brevin gets on the field for the first time on Sunday, what it, first of all, what do you think of what he did in week one, and what was it that he was doing that led him to get on the field in week eight? Yeah, it's a good question. I'd say he's made some progress in practice. So a lot of it is practice execution equals game reality. So you're not going to – if you don't do something in practice, you're not all of a sudden like magically going to wave some dust and then you're going right. to do it on, on, on Sunday. Yeah. So he's practiced well and performed well, and he was put in a situation – I mean, Farrell wasn't active, so that, I think that was a part of it too. Yeah. So Farrell wasn't active, so we've been taking three tight ends of the game. So he took Brevin of the game, and he took advantage of some of the opportunities that were presented. Now the big thing will be, all right, moving forward – are, do we see a consistent level of performance, or do you, is there some yeah. variability in, in the player's play? Right. Well, you said in the press conference not all players in this league are equally committed, right? And that's probably pretty obvious. But I wanted to ask you about that because if you can determine if a player is fully committed coming out or wherever the case, wherever he is in his career, and the ability might be eh, you know, not 100% potential upside, but the commitment is there, how do you evaluate that, and how valuable is that to you as an organization? It's the $25 million question. Mm -hmm. So if they have the traits and the characteristics that are requisite to becoming a successful player, right. they still they have to have a certain level of skill that they can yeah. actually go out there and perform their job. So if a player is coachable, if a player will work hard, if a player will improve, and he'll make a commitment to being a great player – and then combine that with a skill improvement, a certain level of skill and continual skill improvement, then he has an opportunity to become a good player. And then when you have as many players like that as possible on your team, then it's a collective effort so that it just enhances the overall performance and the ability of your team. So that's ultimately what you're trying to do when you build your team is just to identify those players with those traits or characteristics and it could shrink the pool of players because you might eliminate some players. Mm -hmm. And if that's what your philosophy or belief is, then you have to be true to that and stick to it. I'm fascinated when you talk about the only TV I watch is CNBC. It's the only thing I watch or whatever it is that you watch. By the way, were you at Minute Maid Park last night? I no, mean, I, I just, know. okay. I, no, of course. Anyways, <laughs> just checking. Yeah. Lost his voice. When you stand, when you stand at the podium, you know, everything that went on with the Phoenix Suns, you know, exactly what happened with the Houston Astros. How much do other sports leagues and what other teams do? How much are you following that and then taking mental notes of, wait a second, I think we could apply that, or I think I like the way they did this. How have you been able to kind of track all of that and then bring it into what you do on a daily basis? It's a good question. I think it's really more of an appetite for learning and curious and curiosity and seeing 
you're never going to paint everything with a broad brush and say, okay, this situation is exactly like the Houston Texans. No situation is alike. Right. You can look at some of the elements and some of the things that they had to endure and say, okay, what were maybe some things that had happened? What did they get right? What did they get wrong? Okay, how did they fix this problem? This took a little bit longer. Okay, they allocated time and resources to this. So you're just processing a lot of information. I think it's just more of an insatiable desire to learn and try to grow and improve. And if there's elements that you can take and apply them to your situation, again, this is specific to the Houston Texans about what we're trying to do, but it could be said XYZ Corporation where you're basically trying to start a program or put something newer in place. What cryptocurrency do you recommend, Nick? I'm just kidding. Coinbase. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He's got the answers. It's not about individual. It's not about Ether, Solana, (laughs) Bitcoin. Just getting into the game gives you kind of an opportunity the exposure to the exchange where all of them trade. So Tom gave that guy a We're going to have another podcast about <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, we are. So Tom gave that guy a Bitcoin for the football. Was that a good move? Tom is very smart with about everything he does. Right. So that might have been the company that endorses that. or that he endorses or yeah, whatever. Maybe. I don't know. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. Best of luck this week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.